Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. This is Jim Veveda, Stax. Joining me today, Mr. Christopher Carl. How do you do? And direct from IGN Comics, Mr. Joey Esposito. Hello, everybody. Well, that's quite animated, young man. Look at that. He is just, <laughs> the guy is on fire. Um, we, uh, we missed last week's oh-so-important Oscar podcast uh, with special guest Chris Tilly. We actually recorded it. But uh, yours truly screwed up on the sound. <laughs> we recorded the whole thing with only one mic on, so it sounded like you were taping people talking in the next room. Actually, it just sounded like a podcast from like a year ago. Yeah, exactly. The good old days when, when it really sucked. So sorry about that, guys. It wasn't like there was anything really big or important happening that week that nah. we wanted to talk about. So um, direct your, your an idiot emails to moi. Um, let's just dive right into Weekend Box Office, get that out of the way, because we got a buttload of things to talk about. Lots of news. Uh, the right, as I predicted in the podcast you'll never hear, uh, was number one uh, with just under $15 million, followed by No Strings Attached with $13.4 million, and The Mechanic debuting in third place with $11.4 million. Um, you guys surprised at all by um, The Right doing better than... Mechanic, or I, I was surprised by the. Me- I actually thought Mechanic was going to perform better than it than it did. I, I thought it would at l- the very least be two, but like in the Lost podcast that we had, I predicted predicted it as number one. So um, I guess put that as the another Lost podcast. It, I like that. put that as another loss in my column because uh, <laughs> I personally thought it was going to do better. Um, no strings attached. Actually, was a little bit surprising. Like holding it's on, holding on there. Yeah, to uh, what you know. What about you, Joey? I'm not surprised by No Strings Attached. I am surprised by the right because, I mean, let's be honest, do those movies ever really do that well? Well, I think the the only reason why I pegged it at number one is that audiences don't seem to be as scared off of bad Anthony Hopkins movies as, as we seem to think. Like, Wolfman did okay, actually. As, they, as much as they should be. As much <laughs> as they should be. That That is a good caveat. And also, um, The Last Exorcism was the last Exorcism movie that we had uh, come out, and we totally under uh, underestimated what that movie was going to do. Yeah. So, I mean, 14.8 isn't really that great, and people were trying to spin that as like a strong opening. That was a weak box office I weekend, mean, though. That, that movie cost a lot more than The Mechanic, which is probably, I think, they... CBS Films, uh, I think they were able to basically get their $10 million back on it already. So no matter what, even though it, it's kind of another low-grossing Jason Statham film, it's it's already probably profitable for them. I feel like that movie's going to do really well on home video yeah. as well. So it's I definitely going to have a following. It's a good movie. We liked it. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was a pretty good action film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joey, but, uh, were you able to see either of those? I have not seen that. Either of those. Nothing well, in the top five have I seen yet. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I think that's about a, a, as much oxygen that <laughs> last weekend's box office is worth expending. I have a mind bender for everybody, though. Let's okay. See, let's think about the last time Anthony Hopkins was in a good film. Can't do it. I can't think of one. I'm trying. I mean, it's a long time ago. Is what I'm saying. You know, he's done a lot of like small indie kind of uh, films, but yeah, but he's know. on a streak of like. Reeker movies. Well, and, he's, and hopefully he's the thinking man's Nicolas Cage at this point. <laughs> that's true. You know Hope. what I mean? Like, he he's really... Um, the, Vulture.com did this great piece. They do a lot of these, like, little uh, features that I enjoy reading where they did. set. I think it was seven roles that 
old British actors can always sell out playing. And it's the <laughs> same. It's like pagan gods, priests, and wizards. <laughs> you know, and they're, they're, those are it's just true. three of them. Um, so, yeah. And, and then Mentor was another one. Yeah, he's taking, he's taking the... He's like the new Connery. He, you he's remember Connery was doing all that crap for the longest time near the end? You know, I don't... I honestly don't blame him for taking all that money. Um, yeah, you know it's. I mean, these guys I, I were too, poor. Man. You know, I I I I give them that. But when know. I'm 70 years old, if I can get like a couple million dollar payday, I think I'm going to take it, no matter <laughs> no matter what it is. Exactly. Um, all right, let's dive into the news because another big uh, news week, biggest news. We have a new Superman, and he's British. Henry Cavell, I guess is how you say it. I've been saying Cavill all these years. It's Cavell. He's on the Tudors. Um, he's like the second male lead, I think, on that show. I've only seen it a few times. And the thing about him is that he has been in the running for Superman through so many of its recent uh, iterations, like when McGee was going to do it, when um, uh, our favorite guy, Brett Ratner, <laughs> not favorite guy, but um, when he was going to do Superman and then... Brandon Routh ended up doing it. Yeah. So now Henry Cavill, uh, uh, Cavell, I'm sorry, uh, first British Superman. He's not going to play him as a Brit, but people are making a lot of I think stink about all the... You think that actually could be kind of, you know... You know, who, who's to say that Krypton didn't have a bunch of, you know, kind of... Well, they had all those clipped British accents. Yeah. Well, you know, why couldn't they have a British accent? Exactly. So, you know... Yeah. I'm all for it, and I'm the comics guy. So. <laughs> He's also a huge Sorry, Superman nerds. fan. Yeah, Superman's my favorite, and I would still pay to see a British Superman. And the dude looks like him, you know? Like, that. there's some, uh, I don't know if it's fan art or actual, like, promotional images that leaked of, not promotional, but, like, uh, costume test images that leaked from one of his past screen tests a few years ago. But there's this great image of him uh, in the suit. It's just like a, a shoulders and above shot. Uh, or like mid chest and above shot, and the dude looks like like the 1950s Superman. I, I was like sold. I'm like, okay. I think he's gonna rock it. I'm. Uh, yeah, I like the. You know, I'm a fan of the Tudors, and and he does a great job in the Tudors. So yeah. I feel like his acting is not in question. Right. I feel like he's you know he's got the look for it, and chicks love him. Love do you, him. Do you think there's and a historical hysterical kind of a reaction to? All these foreigners playing our superheroes. It's like Superman's like the ultimate illegal alien. Has anyone done a really shitty job yet with one of these roles? I don't think so. Yeah. So like when that starts happening, yeah, let's criticize it. I'm not sure where those complaints come from. Like if it's just xenophobia. Sort of, like, <laughs> <laughs> but that sort of that plays into Superman in general. Like Chris said, you know, it's he is an alien. He's an illegal yeah. alien essentially. Yeah. Um, but in general. There's no historical proof that because he's a Brit, it's going to be a terrible yeah. performance or something. If anything, it's going to be better history. You know, I, I, I here here's my reason why I think uh, British actors are probably doing or you know what? Not just British actors. We have several Australians in there. A few Irish people uh, have taken cracks at things. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta get a plug in for the Irish. It's like, all right, <laughs> um, and some Scots. We'll throw in the Scots. But anyways, like UK actors and Aussies, I think it's because unlike a lot of their American colleagues, these guys have theater backgrounds. They know how to use their voice. They know how to wear often ridiculous costumes and sell it to an audience. They 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 wear this stuff with conviction, and. They're also, I don't think they're as weirded out by the prospect of acting in front of nothing because to anybody who's ever done, you know, theater, if you're standing in front of a backdrop, 
you're pretending everything. You're imagining a lot of stuff. Um, and I, I don't think it's, I think standing in front of a green screen, pretending, imagining that you're flying through the air is not like a big deal to them. Uh, whereas American actors kind of come out of school and just because they're good looking, they get into acting, but they don't really have, in my opinion, they don't really have chops. I mean, I think that's kind of a generalization, but, you know. But I it, like to make them. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think one of the reasons is that they're fairly unknown. You know, like, you can take somebody like uh, Henry Cavell and, and say, you know, okay, he's been in the Tudors, he's been in a couple other things, but he hasn't, you know, really been in films here. And so y- he's not, like, bringing some kind of baggage with him to that role. Right. You know, Ryan Reynolds, we're all seeing it with Green Lantern, like, because he's Van Wilder, because he's been in jokier movies, people think he's not right for Green Lantern. And he might well rock that role. We don't really know yeah. yet. You know, I mean, I think it's kind of... Everybody's in this mindset of, like, I'm going to judge the entire project by seeing two and minutes then, of it. And then on, like, the, the or not more even. positive side of that... Because Christian Bale played American Psycho, everybody thought he'd be great for Batman, and he is. But it, it's like there's conversely there's that other thing, and, and my favorite is like, like when they were casting Rorschach, like they need to get an actor with red hair. That guy's bald. That's gonna <laughs> suck. He's gonna wear a wig. Well, here's the thing. What does it affect anybody's lives that this person is British? You know, it's like he's not. It's not like he's sharing the check with the, the American economy. You know, it's not. There's there's nothing about it that's going to benefit your life, whether he's English or whatever, unless unless you have some weird patriotism thing. And if you like Christian Bale as Batman, then shut your mouth. That's my favorite. When the the people that are complaining about Henry Cavill is, are the same people that love Christian Bale as Batman, and there's no correlation between their argument for Superman and their yeah. argument. You know, against it. It's just, and, it's and Andrew Garfield is putting up with that crap, even though he was born in America. <laughs> I didn't was, know that. He was born in California. He moved to Britain when he was three. I mean, he considers himself an Englishman. That's the world he grew up in. Um, but yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, but on another news tip, there with uh, Superman, three actresses, all of them foreigners, are being looked at uh, at for a female lead that is not Lois Lane. That's not to say that Lois Lane won't be in it. There's plenty of casting rumors about her right now. And they didn't say what role it is, but let's just say the three actresses. Uh, Rosamund Pike, who was Miranda Frost in Die Another Day. Um, yeah, and, I, and, and, and she was more in, uh, recently, if you've seen um, uh, An Education, she's the, that's right, the yeah. girlfriend of... Uh, she was in Fracture and, with uh, 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 Brian Gosling. And then uh, Alice Eve from um, She's Out of My League and who was <laughs> supposed to be the white, uh, the white queen in X-Men First Class. I feel like Alice out. Eve until she gets into a Super Bowl movie. Or Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> He's got the Packers I do. On the I got my, pa- my Packers on my, on my mind. <laughs> no, until she gets into a superhero movie, you're going to hear her name for anything that mm-hmm. comes close to blonde. Mm-hmm. And then the last one was uh, Diane Kruger from Inglorious Bastards. And uh, she's an unknown that's coming up. Um, I... They're not saying what the role is, but uh, Joey, do you think it could be like, say, somebody like Cat Grant? Or I would personally, I'd hope it was Cat Grant. But um, honestly, before we just started this, I didn't know they had dispelled that it wasn't Lois Lane. I thought yeah. we still thought it was Lois Lane. Well, so I think Lois Lane me. could still be in there. Uh, Olivia Wilde's like the hot rumor right now for that role, and I think she'd be great. Her parents are actually journalists, so she could probably give the most accurate portrayal of a journalist yet uh, when it comes to Lois Lane, but. Um, you know, is it possible that she could be? Are there any? 
female Superman villains? Think There's about Olivia Wilde. Is she really Who's hotter than Margot Kidder? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who is? I mean, Margot Kidder even showed up Christopher Reeve. I That's watched, how good looking she I watched that movie and I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, Super, Superman, Superman wasn't beat. even trying to go out there and meet somebody. He's like, oh, you have breasts and a vagina, and I work with you. You'll do. <laughs> I'm too busy flying around to really meet chicks. Although I think in Superman 3, he like he was like getting with some floozy, and she wasn't much better. So Superman's not got You don't great mean test. Lana Lane by that, do you? No, that Lana Lane Superman's... was like that nice hometown, like no, everyone's no. had it. Was, a, it was a, Small Balls Martha Kent. No, in three, where he's like, oh yeah, where he's like some that, like, weird slut that is part oh, of the when bad guys. That's when oh. he's bad, Superman. Yeah, that's different. Oh, that's yeah. not. Oh. He didn't do those things. That was yeah. the drink. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. It, it was it was like his Charlie Sheen persona. Hey, before we get off Superman, uh, there's a there's a um, <laughs> get off Superman. Um, there's a uh, reader email um, from Anna E. Rivera. Um, Hey guys, long time podcast listener. Well, everyone is saying that John Hamm might be too old to play Superman. I was curious what you guys think of having John Hamm play Jarrell and maybe an actress like Jennifer Connelly play his wife Laura. Oh, I pretty cool. I kind of love that both things. Yeah, that's yeah. A pretty good idea. So yeah, that's yeah, that's really sweet. Move. They should be casting directors. Oh, I'm sorry. This the email is Anna. Um, the actual person who made this is George Rivera, so I'm sorry well, I'll correct myself. George, uh, good good suggestion. Uh, I, I like it. I mean, uh, I've always been kind of fond of the idea of John Hamm for Mr. Fantastic, too, myself. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that there's been so much Superman news uh, in the last month, and not just even related to this project, like Susanna York, who played Lara, she passed away a few weeks ago, right. and then the producer of those movies had been missing for a few days in Mexico. They found him; he's okay. But uh, you know, I just think it's kind of like uh, Superman seems to be on the brain these days, which is kind of good because you know he seemed like he was no longer even cool enough to really talk about unless you were kind of half dissing it, you know? Yeah. Now it seems like maybe it's kind of coming back around. Maybe he's becoming acceptable again. Well, this 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 guy goes on and interesting, like really thinking big about the series. I would like to see a movie the movie, especially if this is a trilogy, give us uh first some more footage of life at Krypton and a possible small cameo of a young Zod and what led to his betrayal. And then by the end of the movie, have a villain like Conduit appear and fight a young Superman. Wow. I mean, that's this like... This guy should be a development exec. <laughs> I actually like the idea of making um, more of the Superman movie actually take place on Krypton. Or that like, would be sweet. That's what I was going to agree with. I could watch an entire movie without Superman and just about Zod and his betrayal of everything. I, I think, I think would it would be, be awesome. cool to kind of... I mean, who knows? For all we know, maybe they are doing this. Maybe maybe all that Lois Lane stuff is crap. Maybe she's not even in the movie. But um, it would be kind of cool to like just take Superman either uh, either out of Metropolis or Smallville or just off Earth entirely. I mean, he can go anywhere, kind of do anything. Um, it'd be nice to really have him, you know, we've talked about this before, like pitted against supervillains that are more his match, but also just sort of see... You know how how does he relate with other people? I mean, we've seen him relate with the Daily Planet folks a million and one times. It'd be kind of nice to see him just sort of have a whole new kind of experience in a movie. You know, yeah. And by that I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, they're making plenty of those movies now, so you can yeah. you can also see that. Um, 
Yeah, my take on that is that it probably won't be based cosmically like, you know, we might be thinking. And and if there ever is a cosmic element to a Superman movie, it's going to totally depend on how the cosmic stuff plays in Green Lantern. It'll be interesting to see, though. Like, let's say Green Lantern does okay. They don't want to, like, necessarily, say, retire that character or reboot or whatever. But what if it ends up being that Green Lantern eventually pops up in a Superman movie? You know, for the longest time, we're like, oh, you could really only do Superman if he shows up in the in the Green Lantern movie. It, what if it flips? You know, we get to the point where Superman's going to be the bigger draw, and Green Lantern kind of is like the the sidekick, a la Brave and the Bold, that just kind of pops up. Well, I mean, I think that's already a flip of what it used to be like. You know, yeah. <laughs> like Green Lantern was not a huge hero before, or at least to the mainstream. I used to love his voice in the old Super Friends cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that voice. <laughs> it would be great if Ryan Reynolds did the whole thing in that voice. Uh, I think it's too bad. I don't think Superman's ever going to be at the point like where he used to be. He's just, in general, the general public, I think, sees Superman as sort of this artifact from, you know, the 50s or the before that, you know. And so, yeah. whereas in the 70s with the, the Reeve movies, he was it was this amazing special effects thing. Uh, this is not enough anymore. Yeah. Superman sort of kind of seems lame to at least kids today. And I also think, you know, on on that point you bring up, Joey, about, you know, what what he, the appeal of that character in the 70s was, it was a pretty dour time in America. It was post-Vietnam, post-Watergate. People were feeling down. They were feeling down about their country. And the Superman movies, even though there were some literally flag-waving parts, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't engineered to be like sort of a rah-rah America thing, but it did make people feel good again. And um, you know, some people have pointed out uh, how interesting it is that the 1980s started with, in terms of superhero movies, started with Superman II, him putting the flag back on the White House and this big optimistic thing, and it ends with 1989's Batman, which is this really know, dystopian society and a darker thing. And, and we've been kind of in that dark comic book movie thing now for a long time. Maybe people feel the need to feel good about things again. And maybe it, maybe it's the timing is right for, you know, Superman and Captain America. Chris, you were in the cap shirt or even yeah. maybe even. When am I Lantern. not wearing a Captain America that shirt is, these that days? True. <laughs> I feel like it's been yeah. like days in a row. Um, you have another reader email, though, Chris? Well, yeah, or? this one kind of pertains to, to um, Batman, which we're going to get to as well. So I might as well read it because uh, sure. we've talked about um, Anne Hathaway, you know, as uh, Selena Kyle, uh, Catwoman um, before. But uh, uh this guy, Rob Grizzly, long-time reader. He's oh, yeah. all the time in the comments. Um, It'd be great if his last name really was Grizzly. I think it is. Um, he, uh, he He's saying, going back to casting, why do you think fanboy response is so polarizing over, um, uh, especially over Hathaway, who is an Oscar-nominated actress? It's not like she doesn't have the chops. I know why nerds... <laughs> I know asking why nerds rage is like asking why water is wet. <laughs> but in this instance, you'd think after Batman Begins proved everyone wrong, after Heath Ledger proved everyone wrong, after Chris Nolan hasn't let us down once with his Dark Knight films, there might be some sense of good faith with him and his project. What's going on? And then he wrote, it's not like this is X-Men first class. <laughs> Zing. And then segue, Jim. Um, you know what? I've said it before. I'll say it again. Fanboys are fickle. They will and, turn and on everybody. They're already going to turn around on Nolan. One misstep, and suddenly 
everything that he's done before that will be invalidated in their eyes. They did it to Sam Raimi. They did it to Brian Singer. Uh, a little bit to Peter Jackson because they didn't like King Kong. Um, you know, it'll happen to Guillermo, he and it'll happen to Nolan. He, I mean, there you, you, you make movies, you, you honor and serve the material, the source material, but I think it's a mistake to slavishly pander to fanboys. They're not worth it. They won't stick with you. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Anyone that's, that panders to a fanboy is just asking for complete disaster. Yeah. Well, you know what it is, is that people will ask, you know, think they are asking for the thing that they want, but when you present something that's actually what they want, like The Dark Knight, it's way better, you yeah. know? And, and there's there's the sort of like, especially games to film landscape is littered with fanboy pandering movies, and mm-hmm. they all fail because of it. And, you know, I think... I think you have to, you know, let especially really skilled filmmakers like Chris Nolan just do his thing and 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 take you on a ride because, you know, if he's going to try to wedge things into a plot, it's going to come out like Spider-Man three, and we yeah. all we all saw how that happened, and I I think that everybody loved Sam Raimi's movies before that. And yeah. We got to Spider-Man <laughs> three, and everybody's like, Ugh. yeah, now now Spider-Man's a dirty word, and even on the, the on the Spider-Man front, I mean, for years with the old movies, remember all the criticisms of organic web shooters that's crappy should have the mechanical ones or the x-men movies why don't their costumes look like the the comic books why can't they look like that okay so now we have the new spider-man reboot he has mechanical web shooters they're bitching about that that it looks stupid why would he have them meow 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 and x-men first class they have more comic booky looking comic booky looking costumes granted they look a little cheap but that's fox but now they're bitching about that, too. So it's like you literally can't do anything well, right. Well, it'll be fun after the fact to do a see, this is what you wanted piece. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just point everything out. But that's, you know what? That's why I hope all like, they st- cast all wrestlers in the next X-Men movie, and then they'll get with it. I'd be there for that. <laughs> I, I, know, I know we feed into this all the time just by having these conversations and you know kind of fueling them and so forth and i i think we all have our own little points of nerd rage as well so it's not like we're <laughs> totally exempt from this i mean you, you know jim you've been lobbying for hugo strange since you know pro- you broke my heart chris nolan <laughs> i'm gonna see him tonight at this event i'm gonna punch him in the jump <laughs> i'm gonna say where's my hugo strange bitch i think also a lot of it is like hyperbole on the internet like these people are not <laughs> that upset by the things that, that yeah. you know that that are that are happening and 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 to be honest like most a, a good portion of people do not even enter the dialogue so it's not like that's the well know, our own Matt Fowler has an opinion on that and he had he had said the other day that he thinks a lot of people they want to join in on the discussion and they feel like the only way they can do that especially if they're new to the boards or whatever is to take a negative slant because otherwise they might get slammed for not kind of journey, uh, joining that sort of uh uh, uh, think uh, that that sort of mind mind frame. What the hell happened to me? I can't talk all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, you know, like you know, he's got that theory that basically maybe they're they're overplaying their their rage because they feel like that's the tone you have to take in these things. Maybe <laughs> yeah. they don't really mean it as much. Or maybe they mean it and we're all in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all going to die. <laughs> um, but you had mentioned a couple of things that, uh, uh, you know, I love my segues. 
Uh, let's start with the game to film thing first because it, it kind of goes along with the fact of letting a talented filmmaker just kind of do their thing. And this is a little news about Uncharted. Should we touch on the Joseph Gordon-Levitt thing? I, I will. In a I want to oh. do that. I'll, I'll forget okay. the Uncharted thing otherwise, even right. though I wrote it down. He's got segments my, planned. My, my handwriting, look at it. It's like it's uh, horrible. It's horrible. Doctors look at that and laugh. That's how bad it is. Um, David O. Russell, director of, the, uh, of Uncharted. Um, already fanboys hate him. <laughs> Embattled director. <laughs> Embattled director. He's been on the project like six weeks and he's already <laughs> had it. Uh, but he's been doing a lot of interviews because the fighter's up for all these Oscars, which you would have known if we had had a podcast air last week. Uh, but Scarlett Johansson and Amy Adams are his first picks for um, Elena Fisher, the uh, the TV reporter from the the games. Um, do you guys have any particular feelings on on that casting? I mean. In general, I'm terrified of this movie, and I guess this is maybe my my fanboy rage, uh, fanboy rage. But uh, Scarlett Johansson, I just can't look at anymore. I yeah, know, you know, wow. she's just too hot to look at. Oh, no. too hot? Or? No, no, she's she's very attractive, yes. But I just I'm so sick of her face. She's boring, man. Like here's here's the thing. I don't think I've I, I was trying to recall the other day if I've ever seen her actually smile in a in a non acting situation, and I couldn't think of a time. So, like, that bothers me. She doesn't seem human. She's almost like a little femme-bot to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think Amy Adams could be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. she seems a little more, like, real, like the the character. I, I haven't... Here's my big uh, disclosure here, uh, gamers and fanboys. I haven't played Uncharted. I know a lot about the game from working here. I've looked at videos of it. I've read up on the characters. It's so fine. I know enough. But it's like, uh, to at least kind of talk about it, but... The the character of Elena Fisher actually to me looks a lot like Jenna Fisher mm. from The Office. She looks like she's more kind of a a girl next door type. Um, so I think Amy Adams, who worked with Russell in The Fighter, is uh, would actually be kind of cool for it. Amy Adams is a little bit more athletic probably than Jenna Fisher. Yeah, yeah. And like just the character in general. If they're keeping like that her personality intact, she's just she's she's tough, but she's you know fun and joking and stuff. And Scarlett yeah. Johansson just isn't any of those. Yeah. I just she, she she like kind of like January Jones for me doesn't have a sense of humor and kind of ice queening. I, I, I think for something that you know like Uncharted, which has a lot of humor woven through mm-hmm. it, like you need somebody with that chops. It's almost like the interaction in um, you know between uh, Harrison Ford and uh, Karen, Karen Allen and yeah. Indiana Jones. You're going to need that kind of rapport. And you know I thought it worked in Indiana Jones. Um, so like. Find that chemistry. Yeah, you need yeah. something like uh, that's the key to any of these sort of like action adventure in a foreign place things like Romance in the Stone. Yeah. That movie wouldn't have been as good if it wasn't for the chemistry between those two uh, leads. Uh, the rundown, you know, things like that. Like um, uh, so even the Mummy, even the Mummy <laughs> films between uh, The Rock and Sean William Scott. Like that, that was the on. chemistry. That that was some that was, that a, was some that love was a bromance right there. That was the ultimate. Uh, I Macho love, bromance. I love that movie, by the way. It is rundown. really great. I love walking in that movie. Yeah. It's just he's so over the top. Ow! But um, you know, like I, I think uh, even even the Mummy films, you know, there there was undeniable chemistry between Rachel Weisz and, and Brendan Fraser. And I then mean, it kind of dissipated a little bit with uh, when uh, Maria Bello. Bello came in. Yeah, she was like too serious for that. But um, do you uh, do you have another reader email? Do you want me to dive into the? Joseph Gordon-Levitt? or Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, well, uh, obviously, uh, you guys probably all know Joseph Gordon-Levitt's been cast in Dark Knight Rises. We don't know what role. We've run uh, some speculative features, what we think it might be. Uh, my two cents is that it's probably Alberto Falcone, who is uh, 
played a prominent role in Long Halloween and Dark Victory, and I, I won't give away what exactly it was, but you know, he's Carmine Falcone's son, and he's kind of creepy, and he looks like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like he's got a similar uh, physical type. If not him, then it could probably be um, like maybe a, one of the uh, Gotham City Police like task force people who are going after Batman, somebody like some sort of foil for Gordon. But I have a feeling it's going to be like Falcone. All those, all the Batman movies. Uh, I mean, the two Nolan Batman movies have always had like the real world gangster element. Falcone in the first one, Maroni in the second, then various thugs throughout. And I would be surprised if there wasn't another person like that in the third movie. And uh, I think Alberto Falcone would be a really interesting way to kind of tie it back to Batman Begins. And Joey, you can probably speak to this. Alberto Falcone and Catwoman and Carmine Falcone have a little shared history. For the listeners who might not be aware of that, can you tell us what that is? That's what I was going to mention. Um, there's the the sort of the threequel to Long Halloween and Dark Victory. There's um, Catwoman One in Rome, which explains her absence from Dark Victory when she thinks she might be, you know, the the daughter of Carmine. Yeah, so she goes his illegitimate sort of daughter, hunt, right? Hunt around that mystery or whatever. And in our, we had a feature that was talking about the comics that could have influenced The Dark Knight Rises, and that was one of the ones we mentioned. So if they do take that element of the Catwoman character, it makes total sense for Levitt to be yeah. the Alberto uh, Falcone character, which I would love to see. I, I think he would really... I think that particular character would just be a very seamless... He, he wouldn't necessarily displace any of the other elements that they're setting up with Catwoman and Bane. He would be kind of a nice nude. Like if you put in somebody like even my favorite Hugo Strange, it, it's <laughs> going to, it's going to change that dynamic. Whereas Alberto's a little bit more of a, um, it's more organic. Yeah. You know, it just seems like it'll fit a little better. Um, I think, um, uh, what's my other point about that? Oh, Bane also has like daddy issues. I've been reading all the back issues because for the longest time, I didn't know much about Bane. I knew he was the guy that broke Batman's back and all that. And, and obviously from Batman and Robin, that cinematic classic. Um, you know, so I didn't have a particularly high opinion of him. Well, I bought a bunch of back issues, and uh, I've been reading Vengeance of Bane. And uh, it's basically, the, it was written in 1993, so even before Batman and Robin came out. And what's really interesting is that... Um, it's like the anti-Batman Begins origin story. This kid with this really, you know, hardened upbringing and who turns himself into this just unstoppable physical force and has this, you know, overwhelming fear of bats. So he needs to slay that fear of bats. And he hears about this mythical Batman in Gotham and goes off there, you know, escapes from prison and goes off there. I'd be curious to see if they don't use any of those elements, um, you know, for the next one. Uh, you uh, have time to rattle off some news items, or do you want to yeah, add anything to it? Or? You know, we're, we're probably about to talk about Captain America <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because because uh, you're wearing the, the shirt. That's the other big. <laughs> that's the other big news that came out this week. The the uh, all more, those photos, more costume photos, etc. And um, you know, a couple of readers actually have some opinions on the uh, on the Captain America thing. Uh, Jason. Um, that's all he wrote, just Jason. So Hi, we're, Jason. Hope, we're we're assuming Voorhees um, wrote in, and he just said, "I think the new Captain America suit looks good." Um, and I think you know, in the poster that we saw today, and some 
the photos that we saw from set from Empire yeah. looks really good. Yeah, that poster is like a direct nod to the Brew Baker cover uh, from a few years ago. Looks awesome. Um, he says, uh, "Doesn't the movie open up July twenty second? That's smack dab during." San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> Any You're chance right. they would use Hall H for showing it to the fans, I would gladly pay admission. Um, God, that's a good idea. That's a great idea, uh, James. Uh, uh, Jason, I don't think they'll do that. I don't think they'll do that. Basically, because it would explode. Yeah, it would explode. It would that be place. madness. <laughs> I mean, uh, also, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough because the way San Diego is structured. If you've ever been to Comic Con, there's th- there's several places that screen movies right on the main strip. There, it's gonna be overflowing with people just going to that film in the first place. I don't think they're going to do a free screening for that reason. I think if Paramount were smart, they'd probably push the release up uh, a little closer to July 4th. I know that they're probably on on a a very accelerated post-production schedule with it, um, but I I just feel like it would be smarter to have it come out a little closer to the 4th of July because of things like Comic-Con and and you know, I know that uh, Thor doesn't come out too. You know, comes out a couple of months before that. But I just feel like it, it's it's too. Um, it might be a little too late in the summer for it. You know? Yeah, he said related. I think this year's Comic Con may the, be the biggest one ever for movies. Dark Knight sequel possibly, Godzilla possibly, Spidey Avengers, Ghost Rider two, Superman, any Marvel Studios presentations. I yeah. mean, like, I mean, madness. Yeah, I, I think I Godzilla. Laughing. Godzilla is the one thing that kind of sticks out there. Like, I was laughing actually at Ghost Rider two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ghost Rider two um, is is about to shoot, right? Not, not it's too... filming now. It's filming oh, in it's... Romania, and uh, they'll probably be wrapping up in uh, about a month or so, I would imagine. Yeah, that was uh, one of the most horrible movie adaptations <laughs> that, or uh, comic adaptations <laughs> I've ever seen. But plus, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Do you guys have anything more on on Captain America? Like, how do you how do you think it's shaping up? I for someone, uh, you know, when they first cast Chris Evans, I was just totally against it and just didn't wanted nothing to do with it. But after seeing the set photos and the costume and especially that poster today, I can officially say that I'm very I'm very intrigued, very excited. I think um, you know, there's some big questions out there still. Um, Red Skull is a big question mark. Could, mm-hmm. You know, is that going to get the like weird GI Joe treatment? Yeah. Is it going to be an actual skull? Is it going to be like damaged face? We were having a whole conversation about that yesterday. Um, one of the readers, uh, Jeff, not Emma, who's written in before, <laughs> um, wrote in and, and said, "I'm just a bit concerned. We haven't heard anything about Nazis in the Captain America film. I understand and expect the whole Hy- Hydra angle, but if the movie tiptoes around history, that'll bug me." We didn't fight Hydra during World War II. The Nazi connection needs to be present. Also, those Hydra troopers look a bit dumb. I love Cap's outfit, but come on, look behind him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got a good point about the the Hydra suits are looking a little LXG to me, a little uh, a little um, Sky, ca- Sky, Sky Captain, Captain and yeah. GI Joe-ish. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, there might be a reason why they're only showing us Cap so far. We got our first look at Bucky. Uh, this week, and it was just very straightforward soldier. Definitely, like you're getting a Winter Soldier future there vibe off those things. They can't and being do a the sniper. They can't do the blue and red outfit with the little mask. I mean, I think that's just going to. Oh make come look... on, that'd be that'd be <laughs> darling. Uh, that would just look so stupid in this day and age. Um, I don't know if this is worth bringing up, but at New York Comic Con this past year, I was talking to Christos Gage about the the cap. Um, video game that he's writing, and he confirmed that there's no Nazis. At least in the game, it's just Hydra. Mm. 
Hmm. So I'm not sure if that's going to carry I have a friend over, of mine that's working on the, the some of the designs for that game, too. And um, I'll ask him about that. But it's it's uh, I'd be surprised if there weren't, like, incidental... I mean, there are Nazi characters like Arnim Zola and... and um, and uh, another guy that I just mentioned him yesterday. He's a very minor character, but maybe you know. I think the idea of Hydra is that they're like a Nazi splinter group. I mean, you definitely see the the clip they showed at Comic Con. They showed uh, Red Skull and the Nazis plowing in through a wall and in a tank and Nazi uniforms, um, stealing something, stealing an artifact. And so they're definitely like some Nazi elements in there. I think they're just doing that as like, it's a given that, you know, they'll be there. But they want to get to the comic booky stuff and kind of further establish the Marvel Universe and maybe not make people think it's just like Indiana Jones and a gaudy outfit. I agree, though. If they don't do swastikas in the whole nine, it's going to bother me. It's going gonna, it's gonna to yeah. be like, hey, you totally glossed over what this book started out as. And, you know, the pretty much Cap's whole existence has been fighting this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, uh on the Marvel front, there is some news about Avengers. Sam Jackson did; uh, he was on Jimmy Kimmel this week, and he's um, he's uh, revealed that Nick Fury is going to have a, a female sidekick throughout all of Avengers. And uh, there are four actresses uh, uh, screen testing for the role, and one of them is uh, Mar- I'm going to slaughter her name, Morena Baccarin. From V, background, yeah, background, uh, who looks just like Janet Hill. So our money is on it being Janet Hill, um, and I think uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is another one that's up for it. Yeah. So uh, you guys have any thoughts about um, another Shield? I'm just not sure what like the the speculation is. It has to be Maria Hill, just in general. Yeah. Like, I, especially the way she looks, it's like yeah, that's a given. I mean, I the, the the physical type of the four actresses, they all look like that character, you know. So I'm worried that I mean, hopefully, all these little casting announcements that come out are just tiny, tiny parts. This movie cannot <laughs> hold all these people. You yeah, know? like yeah. there's so many people in it already, and yeah. and you know, like all these little new. I mean, and we fetishized it to the point of like yeah. complete ridiculousness at this point. Like anybody, you know, who who is newly added to a movie, we're like talking about in depth. But um, Hopefully they hopefully they don't have much screen time. I, I doubt it. I think it's just overexcitement, and you know we're not helping really, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have two last news items that we can mention, uh, uh, talk about briefly. Now I'll just rattle off news items. We don't really have to comment on them. Um, Javier Bardem has uh, been offered the villain role in Bond 23, and there's a report today that uh, Ray Fiennes is also wanted for another role said to be quote darkly complex. Um, and he's, you know, he's got a, a, a background with Sam Mendes. They were in theater companies together in London, so they know each other. And, um, I, I mean, if there's anybody that could probably put together a very classy cast for a Bond movie, it would probably be Sam Mendes. Um, we so heard he's looking at Carrot Top and Carrot, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Yahoo Serious. Yahoo Serious. Again, I'm there. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Helen Mirren <laughs> in, you know. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. Some pretty classy actors there. Speaking of Helen Mirren, how about this, this release that came out that said, Hey, we're going to make red too, but nobody in the whole cast is going to be in it. Is this going to be a sequel? Have you, did you hear this news? No, I heard that they're trying to get, uh, they're trying to get, nobody was signed for a sequel. They've announced writers, but 
Yeah. Did they actually say none of the actors? No, I mean the the way the way this release like uh, or this news I read was written. It, it sounded like absolutely nobody was going to come back, and they were going to uh, still try to do the movie. That's probably like a just a, a a ploy in the studio's part to get people like they know they all this was like their biggest hit for a lot of them in a while, especially Bruce Willis, and so it's probably like a don't ask for too much money thing. Yeah. You know? Cop out. We'll, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so one last news news item that we can uh, maybe have an opinion on is related to Bruce Willis, and I didn't even mean to segue. Die Hard 5, there are rumors that the next one is going to have yet another member of the Gruber family in there, possibly a female such as a daughter and or sister. Or maybe Fran Gruber. Fran Gruber. Uh, Our own Fran Fran Mirabella, if you follow IGN and all, looks, uh, he has grown a full lush beard, and now he looks like... uh, he looks like Ellis from the original. Right. Was that uh, Hart Bachner, that guy? Yeah. Yeah. He looks just like the Ellis guy from the original Die Hard. So. <laughs> and really, he couldn't be a Gruber, but. <laughs> well, uh, let me just rattle off some news items. Uh, they're rebooting Fletch at Warner Brothers. They've been trying to do that at Number Studios Won't for happen. years. Uh, I've, five bucks says that Ryan Reynolds will end up being Fletch if it's at Warner's. There's an amazing anyway. story that ran in uh, Entertainment Weekly about like the rise and fall of Fletch and how many times that movie's been put together and taken apart. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know where you can actually find it unless it's you go more search trouble the past than you know drug addict Chevy Chase. <laughs> wow. <Ooh. laughs> um, the re, uh, John Woo is going to produce a remake of the killer uh, i think i read this right that it's going to be in 3d uh i don't that's think that's what we've all wanted exactly <laughs> i'll you know, go watch it though so i'll go watch I, it i don't think we really need a remake of that movie that's just my two cents i don't i don't think we do either but again i'll go watch it yeah. <laughs> uh orsi and kurtzman the guys behind the writers behind star trek and um and uh the transformers a bunch of things like jj abrams guys they're, they've come on board uh, Ender's Game, which has been in development hell for ages. Uh, so that movie's now got some, a new lease on life. They're going to do a, yeah, a remake of The Stand, Stephen King saga. Um, on, in the movies? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, <laughs> Dark Tower now is getting everybody, like Stephen King's, oh, yeah. you know, hot again in are terms they, of movie. Are part. they approaching it like it's going to be seven movies, or are they going to say, like, we're going to try to fit the stand in a movie? I, I haven't been able to read it in its, uh, the, the news in its entirety because we're off at a, a little IGN powwow. Oh. But I do understand. I, I My belief is that it's multiple films. Yeah. But it would have to be. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, this can be the worst movie ever. Uh, Kristen Stewart is in negotiations to play Snow White. Because, you know, everybody wanted a Snow White (laughs) that looks like she needs a fix. (laughs) I don't... I don't particularly want her to be cast in anything ever. <laughs> and then Zach Galifianakis is going to join Ryan Reynolds in R.I.P.D. based on the Dark Horse comic about cops in the afterlife. So those are your little small digest news items. Oh, and uh, just to call back to the Oscar nominations, Chris Nolan has still been snubbed for Inception. Just so you know. <laughs> what do you mean, still been snubbed? Still like, it's like it's like he a, was snubbed s- last Saturday Night Live where they used to do like what is it? So and so is still dead. It's kind of like that. <laughs> but um, looking yeah. forward to uh, this weekend's box office because I know Chris, you, you got to get cracking here and yeah. out the door. Um, opening up this weekend is The Roommates, Leighton Meester and Minka Kelly, and uh, it's kind of like a poor man, single white female, and then also Sanctum less 3D. Less horny man's less <laughs> horny man's. Hey, Minka Kelly's pretty hot. To no, look they're at. both really but hot. She's but she's been jeetered. But there's she's <laughs> oh, wow. been jeetered. Yeah. There's no. Uh, there's there's like no. 
uh, real real zest to it, that movie, right? Yeah, I, I said in my review that it's that movie is about as uh, calling that movie um, a psychological thriller is like calling Twilight movies horror movies <laughs> because they have vampires and werewolves in them. It's basically it's a a very safe, watered down wannabe version of like Fatal Attraction and uh, Single White Female. Um, Single White uh, Female, by the way, great movie if you haven't seen it. Yeah, people should just Netflix the the movies that it's ripping off and yeah. sort of bothering with that. And then Sanctum 3D, I'm one of the few people that enjoyed it for what it was. I wasn't nuts, but it's got a lot of stock characters and dopey dialogue. But there are some moments of pretty agonizing claustrophobia in that in that movie. I don't think you need to see it in 3D, though. It's I think it would be just as effective in 2D. In fact, there are some 3D sequences that were kind of... Uh, didn't look that great. The ads for it are horrible with the like the way they chose to look, kind of showcase the 3D in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like... think they've done a particularly good job selling it. I mean, they're selling it basically on James Cameron's name because he was an exact producer on it. And he's been out there doing a lot of press for it. But um, uh, I think he's just happy not to, to no longer be cramped up in a room working on Avatar. He's just yeah. he's just excited that he can go out and breathe fresh air. I saw him on TV this morning, actually, on... Good Morning America, maybe? Yeah. Which, don't ask me why I was watching it, but I was. <laughs> he needs his daily fix of Matt, uh, what's his name? Matt, I want to say Lauer. Matt LeBlanc. Matt Lauer, yeah. Um, Chris, do you have any final reader emails at all? Are we done for that? I think I think we got it set. Yeah. Um, you know, there's uh, one, one reader, uh, Luis Rizzo says, uh, or Luis from Illinois says, do you think Christopher Nolan will win Best Screenplay as a Constellation Prize for not receiving a director nod? I uh, think he's nominated against the King's Speech in that particular category, so no, he probably won't get that. But, you know... I wish he would, but he won't. Yeah, I mean... King's uh, Speech is great, though. I don't want people hating on that because it's, you know... I feel like Nolan is going to have his day in the sun, but right now he's in that weird, like, Scorsese holding pattern where, yeah. like, he's a great director who is not, like, getting his due yet, and he will. He's going he's gonna to wait for his departed, Unless, where it's like, you know, he'll just bat one out 20 years from now, and they'll be <laughs> like, oh, shit, it's time to give him one. <laughs> you know it would be amazing is if he started doing movies like Big Mama's House 4. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just suddenly, like, he just completely, you it's know, like, went, oh, screw it. went commercial. <laughs> <laughs> he does, like, a, the reboot of Patch Adams. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Let there never be that Patch Adams reboot. But uh, what, what do you guys think? Probably another... Probably another week box office this weekend because of the Super Bowl, which, by the way, check out for the Captain America trailer is going to debut in that. Captain Plus America, Thor trailer. Transformers, Thor, um, three Thor. There's going to be there's there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, Cowboys and Aliens, right? Cowboys and Aliens will will be in there. Uh, just basically watch the Super Bowl, even if you're not into football. Just also see the commercials or check them out on. IGN if you need to figure out a team to cheer for, like <laughs> let's say you have no reason. Where is this going? You should cheer for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> They're like the Captain America of football, so just do it. Chris is our boss. I, th- I so thought we that would have been the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> you would have thought wrong. Yeah, I, I, I thought that about two weeks ago until they broke my heart. Bastards. The Patriots? Yeah. I'm from Boston. The Patriots so. are actually certifiably evil, though. So we, no, we, they're not. We can't. No, they're just certifiably good. We but can't love them. They they just choked at the wrong time. Anywho, uh, what do you guys think? It's going to be a weak box office. What do you think will be number one? Do you think the right will stay there, or do you think something like <laughs> no. Sanctum or the roommate? 
I don't know. I think I think possibly base of roommates is is PG thirteen, right? PG thirteen, and it's definitely geared towards girls. Are the roommate? I think that could. I, I think that might win with thirteen million. It's going to be low. Yeah. It's going to be low, low, low. And then I think Sanctum with ten. And then I would say number three is going to be um, the stupid fuck buddy movie. No strings attached. <laughs> I don't know. We could drop f bombs on this. We can. We can. Well, fuck yeah! We All right. Can, uh, <laughs> uh, how much do you think? No strings attached. What did you say? Uh, I didn't eight, say uh, eight million. Okay. I think. All right. So uh, Joey, what what are your thoughts on? Uh, I, I'm pretty much with Chris. Uh, roommate's going to be number one, probably about fourteen. Okay. On on the high end. Uh, yeah. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with No Strings Attached at number two. Okay. It's a nice okay. little date movie. Yeah, I mean I think that's a very. Uh, very possibly, you know, the the lineup there. I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with roommate at number one. Uh, I'm gonna say eleven million. I, I think it's gonna be a pretty anemic weekend. I, I seriously think once you know Sunday comes around, nobody's gonna be in the theater. Yeah, you know, there's gonna yeah. be so much Super Bowl um, stuff going on. And then I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say Sanctum with about nine million, no strings attached with eight, and then the right. Probably uh, with about six. And I think it's it's going to be a pretty piss poor box office weekend. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, uh, that about does it. Check us out on on iTunes and let us know over there what you what you think of us. And uh, we'll come back at you next week. I, until then, um, uh, I guess for an, in honor of our boss, Chris Carl, go Packers. <laughs>